I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. People tend to get terms of service confused with the law. Um, It's kind of amazing. In my five years of growth hacking, there's been no expose. Like, I've never done anything wrong. You know what I mean? If you search my name... Uh, you'll never get he did this really bad hack because I never did anything really immoral or illegal um, I just used the terms of service to their absolute limit does this make sense uh, please elaborate when you say you use the terms of service okay, to so yeah it's legal to if you're a business email another business in America right that, that's it that's, it's legal so you can send 10 million emails a day if you want mm. most people won't it's legal to follow a thousand people on a day in Twitter. Um, most people won't. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's legal to etc. 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 It's yeah, like most people are like, but you can't do that. And it's like, well, who says? Who is the morality police? Well, the morality police is the platforms themselves because they want you to pay them to use ads. That's why they frown on this stuff. How you dare? How you dare? That was the voice of Vin Clancy. Now, Vin is an infamous growth hacker who has grown from rags to riches, really rags to riches. He was living on welfare essentially in the United Kingdom and he found his way to success by building websites that you know, accumulated millions of views, which ultimately led him down his pathway. He became this world-renowned expert where he started speaking on tours all over the world. He had a six-figure book launch before the book actually came out. And throughout this podcast, we talk about why he's been known as an infamous growth hacker how he started what tips and trends he noticed and tips he has for you in the audience as aspiring thought leaders and potential growth hackers hope you enjoy the episode he's a very interesting guy and as you can tell from the introduction he's someone that understands systems and platforms really really well and is able to stay above the trends so i hope you gain some insight into it and i I hope you're able to apply that to your platform all right enjoy the episode Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Vin Clancy. Now, Vin is an infamous growth hacker that went from being on social welfare in the UK to winning the best speaker at South by Southwest uh, for his growth hack and talk. He finished a 100-date world tour and earned six figures in his debut growth hack and book. He did all this without a book publisher. So we're going to be talking about how he grew from someone that was on social welfare to someone that became a world-renowned growth hacker. And then we're also going to be diving into how to distinguish between the real and the fake internet marketers. Welcome to the show. I am going to be a good guest. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I, that's the first I've ever heard that. So I, I, I agree. I love the confidence. So in the fashion of being a good guest, why don't you tell us uh, your background? Because I, the idea of going from social welfare, especially um, you know in the UK, I don't think a lot of people in the audience know what the difference is with social worker, welfare in the UK, to finding a way to distinguish yourself as one of the premier growth hackers is, is quite fascinating to me. What was it like growing up for you? Uh, I mean, growing up was like we were real poor and like people were getting shot and killed and dealing drugs in, in the block we lived in, in mm. Shepherd's Bush. Um, but my parents worked us to an estate that was less bad and then to the suburbs, um, like while I was growing up. Um, but then when I left home, it was kind of like it all started over. Um, I had like a dead end job, but I, I got made redundant the week I moved out. Um, and I, I just uh, I, I just didn't see the point of going to work. So I stopped going um, and I signed on with welfare. Um, and then I was like, I, I just seen the uh, social network movie, um, which I think really changed the world and inspired a lot of people. So I was like, I want to go full in on this startup thing. So I had a few ideas. Uh, and then one day I had an idea of creating the next big online content empire like Vice or Huffington Post. Um, so, uh, I started calling up every university and college in the country, uh, and saying, do you want to write for the best online magazine that's coming up in the UK? Uh, <laughs> I can't pay you, but it's going to be really cool. And you'll get a platform to write on and we'll make you better writers. You'll have editors looking at your work. So, so I was on welfare, like, uh, living on less than a hundred dollars a week in East London in a house with no heating. Uh, and that really matters in England, by the way. Um, so yeah, so I was real poor, but we started to get content. I started to learn how to make things go viral and get thousands of views. Uh, within like in our second week, we had 25,000 visitors after six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. Um, and around that time we raised a quarter million dollars. I got us instantly out of debt. Uh, we started to grow the company, got to a million visitors a month, just creating this viral content. Um, and then I started a second site, Screen Robot, got that to a million visitors a month in 100 days, got into Techstars Accelerator ahead of 1,500 other startups, raised a second round of money, um, then started to do growth hacking and net marketing for other people. Uh, so started an agency, started public speaking, one best speaker at South by Southwest V2V, uh, released my first book, Secret Source, pretty much the first ever in-depth growth hacking book. Um, that did six figures in pre-orders on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Did a 100-date world tour speaking to support that and build my brand. Um, got featured in loads of press, worked with the royal family, moved to the United States on the O-1 visa. And here I am speaking to you from Beverly Hills, Los Angeles. So you and I share the O-1 visa. I also, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Nigerian and I didn't know about that until... And so that, and for those listening, O-1 visas are given to, you know, they, they say it's um, aliens with extraordinary abilities. So it could be actors, models, or people, entrepreneurs who have a skill set or uh, maybe Nobel Peace Prize winners. But I want to, you said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start off with the, the first welfare part where you said um, you learned how to grow your audience. So now you yeah. called all these schools and you were saying, hey, I have, you know, the hottest platform here in the UK. But I, I want I wonder if you could reverse engineer the process of actually growing an audience. Like you figured sure. it out pretty early. So what exactly did you do to get it to grow that quickly? 
Okay, so um, no one knows what will go viral, but what we do know, and I guess I learned this from, I guess, studying Huffington Post when I found out they were releasing, was it 50 articles a day? And that, that eventually became about 500. But um, so I knew that we would have to create 10 to 15 to 20 articles per day for one to pop off. So that meant we had to have a lot of content coming in. So what that means for people listening is, um, you know, two posts a week probably isn't going to cut it. Uh, if they're well-researched and you have an amazing traffic engine, like a Facebook ad budget, and you know how to do it, maybe. But basically the learning is you've got to put a lot of content out. Then you've got to know where your readers are. So we knew there were like five or six websites that could send us traffic. Um, so we optimized for those websites. Some of them working now, some of them not. Um, but wherever you are, you have to have uh, you have to have an eye for your audience and uh, create lots of content, and then know how to get that traffic. Um, that's it. Okay. Now, has that changed over time with the algorithms? Yeah, I mean, Facebook ate everything. I mean, another <laughs> another thing about Planet Ivy was um, it, it, it like timing. Timing is, is something I hate talking about because if you talk about timing. Um, it makes it sound like it's an important factor and, and it kind of is the, the timing you do you often don't have control over but it's important um, you could have the right idea great team but the timing you could be too early or too late so mm. with online magazines Facebook hadn't yet eaten the ad empire we would sometimes get $20 for every 1000 people who viewed a banner ad on our site like that's so big compared to now it's like less than a dollar um, because Facebook can do better targeting than all the magazines. Um, you know, they're just as Facebook and Google just own the ad market. So, um, yeah, so like that whole idea has changed. The idea of content um, switched towards video a lot. Uh, so uh, around 2015, this, the slide really began. When, when mobile picked up and could handle video, uh, it, it took over the written content a little bit. Um, Many would argue you can monetize it better. So, like, videos changed, um, but the mechanics are still the same. Put out lots of content, find out where you can get traffic from. That, that's pretty timeless. So, if I'm to summarize what you're saying, and for those listening, because we have a lot of aspiring thought leaders or even um, thought leaders who are looking to grow their audience, and they are experts or are aspiring experts in all these different things, and they want to share a message, you're saying be consistent. In, in putting out content, so not twice a week, you should do it, I guess you're saying volume matters. And also idea of knowing where your audience is, which is a tricky thing for people to really understand. Um, how do you know where your audience is? Um, use your hands. Like okay. it, it's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah, <your>. okay. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a piece of advice I really like. People always want to outsource or hire someone else to do it or have an algorithm or automation do it. Um, it doesn't take much um, like to find these pockets of people. Like I was looking at a new niche and then I just happened to be uh, just looking around Twitter. I don't even know why. And then I found this entire niche on here I'd never heard talked about. But it was the exact niche I was trying to reach and uh, like it's like this amazing strategy I had and I, I connected with tens of thousands of people from it. I just didn't even know it was there. Um, uh, so, and that's, I couldn't have done that if I'd done research or asked people, no one knew it was there. 
but use your hands, um, you know, look around, talk to people. Uh, I mean, another thing I would do if you're new to a market, go to a conference you have to pay for. And um, that means that there's, there's people who are really in the game. There's will be a lot less beginners. And then have three questions that you're going to ask everyone. So something like, I want to be the biggest in my market in two years. What do I have to do in the next six to 12 months? That's a very good question to ask. And then you, you, you go around having to do all the blogs because uh, blogs are really bad, man. Oh, they're so bad. So, yes, yeah, so speaking to people in real life is, is, is a great idea. So you're saying person to person, using your hands and just building those relationships. So if yeah. it sounds like, you know, so basically do the work to know who are key figures in your environment that are close to that field or in that field, whether it's going to a conference or maybe like a random search on Twitter. And see what you yeah. can learn from that. Okay. Yeah. And um, so what, what I realized recently is if you're doing a startup, it's kind of okay to be in your room just hustling to get customers and visitors. But in most other industries, they're relationships based. Okay. So you, you, you've got to get out of the building. It took me a long time to learn this. I love growth hacking. I love getting traffic through like doing all these little things. But um ultimately in any industry there's a few at the top who make all the money and you've got to be friends with them you've got to be in their circle so why are you called an infamous growth hacker um because uh i do things most people are scared to do hmm. when i get results most people don't normally get um people take a lot of uh they take a lot of traditional thinking and put it in business and it just doesn't work. Behind every great business is a great crime, unfortunately. <laughs> so it, when you say you do things people are scared to do, I guess it's is that does that lean towards the controversy? You're you're not afraid to yeah it, be in your it, face. It, people tend to get terms of service confused with the law. Um, it's <laughs> okay. kind of amazing. In my five years of growth hacking, there's, there's been no expose. There's, like I've never done anything wrong. You know what I mean? If you search my name. Uh, you'll never get he did this really bad hack because I never did anything really immoral or illegal um, I just used the terms of service to their absolute limit Does this make sense? Uh, please elaborate when you say you use the terms of service okay, to so limit. Yeah, it's legal To if you're a business email another business in America, right? That, that's it. That's, it's legal so you can send 10 million emails a day if you want mm. Most people won't it's legal to follow a thousand people on a day in Twitter. Um, most people won't. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's legal to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, gotcha. yeah. It's yeah, like most people are like, but you can't do that. And it's like, well, who says? Who is the morality police? Well, the morality police is the platforms themselves because they want you to pay them to use ads. That's why they frown on this stuff. And the name infamous, the adjective infamous was attached to you ever since. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll give you an example. I was at, I was uh, hired by an app company to get to get the map downloads firstly, which I did, and then um, and then to have like a huge party at South by Southwest. And there was no marketing budget, so uh, South by Southwest, everyone was on Twitter and is on Twitter. But 2015 was was like Twitter's last year before like it started to decline a bit. So uh, yeah, all we did was use Twitter and anyone who was using the South by Southwest hashtag. We told them to like retweet this and uh, they can get an invite and get free drinks for our big party with like top name DJ. And we had like over 1500 people through the door. And that was just through like four of us on Twitter talking to people. 
It's gotcha. like most people wouldn't do that, but uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's you're willing to go the extra mile. Okay. Yeah. Another thing about you, though, is you've done some incredible things without the traditional format. So you earned a six-figure, uh, you earned six figures, rather, without a book publisher, and mm-hmm. you've spoken at 100 events in a year without yeah. an agent, without an agent. Now, is this to your relationship point where you just sort of found people that need what you want through social media and through talking to people and then you just pitched yourself as the expert or how did it go? Uh, kind of, um, yeah, like I, I don't like networking, um, like in a traditional business sense, but if you do public speaking, the whole room has to listen to you and you're positioned as a person or authority. And then the content has to be good. But cause I've been in my room for so many years before I started speaking, um, I had all this knowledge in my head. I'm I'm really lucky. Someone out of the blue asked, uh, said, "I'll pay you money if you come and give a talk." I'd never given a talk before, um, and then I didn't realize how much I knew. If that makes sense, I I just been in my room working on my startup. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so so yeah, public speaking is a great way of positioning that and building real relationships. Yeah, uh, like I might go to Houston and like it probably wasn't a great talk. There's only 30 people there, but then two one or two of those people become super fans who comment on everything I've done since. So oh. like, so it, it does work out and then other people lead to other clients and, uh, and book sales and all sorts of other things. Could you describe the way you pitch? Because I think sometimes there are people sure. that are caught up in the, you know, they're really good at their content, but when it comes to pitching, either it's a fear or uh, they don't want to feel like they're asking too much. Um, and well, so p- pitching for talks, for instance, you just yeah. go on Meetup and Eventbrite and you search for your keywords and the cities you want to go to. Um, and then you message the. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You copy and paste this message to all of the organizers. Uh, hey, my name is X, um, and I give a talk on 10 ways to be better in your industry, uh, the future of our industry in 10 steps, etc. Um, can I come and give a talk at your event? I have a massive network I can invite. Just say that. They never check. And then just copy and paste that to all of the, all of the events, um, and you'll get bookings. Eventbrite.com and meetups.com. Definitely. Yeah, uh, and then there's I- probably a couple of other sites, but those, those are the main two. Yeah. But it, it's the the same thing. People people message someone and they expect to get a reply. They won't. In anything, when you message ten people, uh, two or three will reply and one will become a sale. And, that, and that's the same with. So just just understand that and feel confident to hit the copy paste button. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah, I use Eventbrite um, um, often, especially in meetups I've used in the past as well. So that's a good tip. Uh, the, the book then, so I, <laughs> I just wrapped up my, my book, um, and I sent it to my editor and I did it with, I didn't have an agent as well. It took me a year, right. To find uh, a book publisher, but it was the traditional way you did it and you earned six figures without a book publisher. Um, what, what was the mecha- what was the mechanics behind that? Because I, I think trying to find a book publisher to take a, pay attention to me was the longest and sometimes frustrating process for me. Well, I, I, I hate to say it, but timing. <laughs> timing again you, is really good. For someone who doesn't like saying timing. <laughs> I know. I, I, the reason I say this is, uh, like, the, with the first book, we didn't do a webinar launch. We didn't really have email lists. I'd only given a handful of talks, uh, and it did so well. Um, it's just we, we had the new thing. Growth mm. hacking was this new thing, and then, so Ryan Holiday had done a book on it that was very vague, just no one else had done a book. Um, so we we had done the here's the step by step how to do it. So Ryan Holiday's book was great for like middle managers to to get understand the concepts, but had no specifics. So we we were basically the first book to do it. Um, so yeah, and then we we just we did really well on Kickstarter. We got a sale, a lot of sales were in Kickstarter. Um, but to be more helpful, um, we did a viral pre-launch queue, which made a big difference. So um, what that was, was we made a landing page saying, uh, sign up here to be notified when the book launches. Uh, and then once they drop their email, uh, they get put into a viral queue. So you're in 500 of place to move further up the queue, share this on Twitter, uh, share this on email, uh, like us on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. So people took all these actions to get the word out for us. They invited all their friends, and I think we had uh, around 3,000 people waiting in the queue when the book launched because so many people had invited other people. Um, and so a lot of people signed up really quickly for the book. Um, and again, we won the first suit of viral pre-launch queue. So Dropbox had done it as a startup. We were one of the first to do it as like a book. So wow. so many people were like, uh, I'm not that interested in the book, but your marketing is amazing uh, and I've invited loads of friends to it. Wow. That's a, um, that's a gamification yeah. too. Like you, you yeah, played in yeah. on the gamification. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Um, and, and the algorithms on Facebook were, were, were favorable in 2016. So when we started our Facebook group, like another thing I'll, I'll talk about. Um, so uh, yeah, so the viral pre-launch queue was key for that. Um, and, uh, and to protect our margins, we didn't do a physical book. Uh, actually we, we did later, much later, but, right. uh, we charged more for it. But, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, it really was a life changing thing for me, um, yeah. that really overnight moved me away from consulting and into the information selling business. And I can imagine, I can imagine. So we've talked about speaking, we've talked about growth, uh, growth hacking, which you also did with your speaking and your book selling. Uh, one thing I'm noticing with you is you do really understand people and what gets people to move. So you apply mm-hmm. that to, to, to your landscape. We haven't talked about entrepreneurship. Now that's, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. So a lot of people, you know, entrepreneurship is like the new hot word. Growth hacking was the, you know, was the word at the time. And now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. How did you end up raising money? I feel like that takes a different side of your brain to figure out how to get investors and things to pay attention. <laughs> I'm not going to say timing, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. London, okay, 
London in 2012, look, I might be wrong. I live in America. For all I know, London startup seems thriving. I don't think it is. But um, London 2012 was, was like a really good time to start a startup. It was like a, a kind of euphoria that anyone could start a business and it could blow up because it was happening for everyone. Again, before the Fang companies, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, just, just buy everything now. Um, so, um, so it was a great time to start. Um, and I, I guess the truth is, I didn't know what I was doing, and I had one friend in the magazine industry, and I biked over to see her in East London, and uh, I bought her a coffee. I actually bought her the wrong coffee, but it didn't matter. And then I was like, okay, what do I do? Uh, I want to be a magazine guy. She was like, just get traffic. If you get that, you'll get brands, you'll get investors, you'll get writers. And that was it. It was just one piece of advice. So that's all we focused on. So we had done a million page views in the past three months while I was on welfare. Uh, I even went on holiday for a week at one point, and the traffic just carried on coming in. Uh, we had an article go majorly viral, and, and that really helped support that. Um, so, so like every other startup was like, here's our idea. It's going to be great. We were like, well, we ain't got an idea. We, we've got something that's working right now, and it's had a million visitors in the past three months. Um, and someone who had just left Facebook said, I want to be your advisor. They introduced us to three different investors. Uh, and two of them ended up giving us a quarter million dollars. And, uh, yeah, no, that was the day my life changed really. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's kind of how that happened. You know, and you know, if, as someone listening, what I'm hearing is taking away the time and aspect because, uh, I think, you know, uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, but yeah, yeah. you'd been preparing, you know, you did the work where you, you, you said you biked over to get coffee. You listened to the feedback and you applied what you said, yeah. what she said to that. And when you did that, you started to get the attention of, you know, people that could do something about that. So wherever anyone is listening, it's really understanding what works in your industry, who are the potential uh, players, whether it's the, the people that have access to more opportunities or people that need um, what you're providing and then just showing up and being that person consistently that is able to deliver. And then when you do that, you start to get noticed, whether it's a video you put out, whether it's just the awesomeness of your service or whether it's the word of mouth based on how good you deliver. So just focusing on that would lead to more opportunity. sounds like from what I'm hearing. Yeah. I think it was Naval on Twitter who said, look, you can get lucky once, but, um, you have to be good for a whole career. Luck won't sustain you. You you may get one lucky break or so, but you know I, I've got five six years of these little highlights now. Um, so yeah, so things like luck and timing, they're, they're only a, a little bit of it. Uh, it. It is you know ten hours a day, six days a week. For yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, I definitely, I want people to understand that. Yeah, I mean, in, in this five six years, the the idea of having raising money through your company through book being a book publisher through speaking growth hacking to 11,000 members of facebook uh, as a as a group those things don't happen by accident you know they're yeah it's, it, you know even yeah <laughs> so because sometimes people have this um wrong notion that, oh grow that he just growth hacked his way it doesn't matter but um it takes a lot of work uh, especially to do it yeah. across several industries interesting now obviously when you start to do this i'm um you and i are, are not citizens you get attention um, to be able to get a visa. Now, I have an interesting story of how I found out that there was an O-1 visa. I was doing a magazine um, interview and somebody just recommended it. said, hey, with your podcast and all the speaking you do, 
Have you ever thought about that? So I never heard about it before. I'm curious how you got the O-1 visa. And according to you, you said Justin Bieber had the same visa. Yeah, well, it's 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 funny. It's pretty pretty much exactly the same story as you. One of the writers who used to write for Planet Ivy. It's funny how all things come around. She right. was like, "Oh, can you recommend me for an O-1 visa?" I said, "What's that?" <laughs> I'm about to get one. I was like, "Introduce me to your lawyer now." And then, yeah, and the lawyer's like, "Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, we can get it." I was like, "What? Definitely? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." And, yeah. and then, like, in fact, when we applied, uh, it took three weeks. Mad. What like, you you you're gonna make me so mad? It took me forever. It took me six months. Well, no, it, it took me yeah. Well, it <laughs> probably took me six months to get everything together, but like yeah. dropping it off. Yeah, yeah, I actually had to come back from it. I had to cancel half a speaking tour because I had to come back to get the stamp in my passport. But yeah, we we thought it would take longer. But yeah, it was it was amazing. But yeah, exactly like you, I didn't even believe it was possible. It's like, well, it would be nice, but yeah, and then yeah, amazing. So yeah, for those listening, if you if you're just curious about what an O one visa is, it's it's um it, it's a it's a visa that's just for you know creatives, entrepreneurs, and people that are trying to work in the United States sometimes. And uh, America, America has a very uh, complex sometimes immigration process. So uh, it's very strenuous. I think for me, I had to have 14 letters of recommendation. It was originally 10 yeah. and it ended up being four more. Um, and they ha- you have to have done so many things. So uh, that's what that is. But I say all this to say, I want Vince's story to inspire you to understand that today's world, what is with digital media or what is what you want to be a thought leader? There are many opportunities if you look for them or sometimes if you do what you're supposed to do, some opportunities will pop up in front of you and say, hey, do you know that this could actually be a potential for you to work across several continents? Um, so always check and look for visa options. <laughs> you never know where uh, how, how much flexible that can do, uh, that can make you. Because I'm sure with you, Vin, now that you can sort of work here and obviously uh, United Kingdom, it gives you more flexibility and access to opportunities. Uh, you, you yeah. You're in California, yeah. so you're, you know, stone's throw away from San Francisco uh, and then, you know, you, you know, all these places that probably need a lot of what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 Wow. This is, this is cool. So as we get ready to wrap up, I want people to know how they can reach out to you. What is the, what is the best way to reach out to you? Uh, Facebook. So Facebook Messenger, uh, Vin Clancy. Um, just, just message me is really best. Vin Clancy, Facebook, any things that you're working on that we should be on the lookout for? Um, no, well, I'm, I'm selectively doing stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm always looking for people to, uh, coach and help out, um, and strategize with them. If they don't know how to get traffic, they don't know how to grow their company. Uh, that's something I really like doing. Okay. Okay. And people can obviously reach out to you on Facebook Messenger if they're interested in that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, last. Um, well, one of the last questions I had. I wanted to ask this earlier, but um, your your other stories got me so interested. Uh, it was around your speaking. Uh, I do a lot of speaking training, but I'm always curious to hear other people's thoughts on this. What do you think makes a great speaker? You've spoken obviously a lot. <laughs> so, uh, what is the art of storytelling on stage for you? Yeah, it's a few things like raw talent in your information to have ideas that either aren't out there or an excellent curation of existing ideas. So I had a bit of a mix of both. But I think when I started out, it was just other people's ideas. And eventually I slotted my own in. Um, then again, being 
aware of your audience. They need one joke every six minutes. Uh, it needs to be interesting enough. Uh, it's very likely they're going to look at their phones. So you have to have some pizzazz to entertain them. Mm. You know, and that can be a very deep story. It doesn't have to be humor, um, like a TED Talk type thing. Yeah. But uh, you can't just go up there with your slides. Use black slides with right writing. Like white background just looks horrible. Um, yeah, people say don't put too many words per slide. But if you're just starting out, how the hell are you going to remember everything? Mm. Like I, I pretty much the whole way through had the lines on the screen. But after a while, you know them and you don't need to look at the screen. But they're there as a prompt. Um, yeah, and the only way to get good at it is to do it. So, but uh, but yeah. your industry is interesting though because you do have a lot of people say internet marketers are a scam scam artists sometimes. So how how do you communicate authenticity? Because I don't even know how people sometimes figure out whether you know you're the truth or whether it's this is this is another person just trying to like a snake oilsman. So how how do you make sure that you're one that doesn't come across as inauthentic? Well, I I had a body of work that wasn't internet marketing. Mm. So if the only money they've made is by teaching other people how to do it, I think people can sense that. And it, it, it's actually got a lot harder uh, for the snake oil salesman, if you can call them that, to um, mm. to succeed. Mm. Um, they they don't tend to last in the market anyway, because it's because you, the problem is they all sell similar products, so none of them can really stand out. Okay. There, okay. Were, there weren't many and still aren't many doing growth hacking. There's a few more now, but um, you know that 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 was my corner of the internet, bringing startup techniques to mainstream businesses. Um, you know that that was the niche I created. Yeah. Yeah. So tips for people to look out for um, a substance would be just try and look at their body of work. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, wrapping up here, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. I ask my guests uh, that in the form of a question uh, to end the interviews. So how do you, Vin, use your difference to make a difference? Well, I've helped thousands of people, um, you know, change their lives be it in productivity or in their business to uh, support their families, to make the world a better place. Um, to inspire people with my story. I, I get messages all the time. Uh, I've, I've, I've saved a lot of them. I, I have hundreds of messages just being like, I'm so inspired by you going from welfare to doing this, and now I'm going to do something similar and tell my story of crystal meth addiction or, or whatever it is. So um, it's never something I actively chased after, but if you do good work and get out and, and do a lot for free, give talks for free, give out a lot of free content, um, you're, you, you help the thousands of people who can't afford you, uh, rather than putting it all behind a paywall in a mastermind. All right. There you go. Vin Clancy using this difference to make a difference by uh, encouraging people to use their stories and embrace the power of them. Uh, thank you so yeah. much. I mean, if, if someone is just starting out, um, my second book, acethegame.com, the hundred best growth hacks in the world right now is probably right. the best starting point for them to do what I did. Okay. AceTheGame.co.uk.com. AceTheGame.com. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. This has definitely been an interesting one. I love that you gave very practical tips. So uh, I'm sure these things will be immediately applicable uh, for the audience. So thank you so much. Great. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference.
You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.